And I'm very excited about this series called Seasons. And we're going to be talking about different seasons that we go through in life. But the point today is, is we need to understand what the season we're in is and what we need to be doing in the season that we're in. Did you know that God ordained your life, if you've given your life to him and you've said, God, I, I want you to have control of my life, then wherever you're at right now is God-ordained. Now, that, that just stumped some of you because some of you are in a very difficult season of life, and you're like, I don't understand how God could ordain the thing that I'm going through right now. But the fact is, is that God not only ordained seasons for you, but he ordained everything in nature to operate in seasons. I love the, the scripture in Genesis 2.22. Listen to what it says. It says, as long as the earth remains, there will be a springtime and a harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. So he, he not only created us to go through seasons of life, but he also created just the very nature and atmosphere to go through seasons. It's the way God works. It's the way he made it. And everything that we do, every action that we take, there is a time and there is a season for it. Does everybody understand that? Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. You may have heard this before. It says this, there is a time for everything, everything, and a season for every activity under the sun. So when we begin to understand that our life operates in seasons, now we, we may not like the season that we're in right now, and it may seem difficult, but we are in a season that's meant not just to get through, but to grow you. And I think that's sometimes that makes going as a Christian, as someone who's given their life to God and can understand that the season I'm in is God ordained, it helps us in the time of difficult seasons to understand that, you know what, God not only wants us to get through it, God wants to grow us through it. And that puts a different spin on things. Because how bad would it be for you to get to the end of a year or however long the season is and look back and say, you know what, I'm more or less the same person I was a year ago that I am today. Because God, he, he wants to grow you. That's his whole purpose for you. How many of you know, how many of you have been through high school or through college? Or It's difficult, isn't it? But the goal is to get to the end of it and say, you know what? I've learned a few things along the way. It was hard. It was difficult. But I pushed through. I did it, maybe with some help. But I got through, and I can stand at this end of it knowing that I'm not the same person I was then. I'm worthy of the degree that I have, right? And God brings us through seasons of life because he wants to grow us. It's for your personal growth. So when you get to the end of it, you can say, you know what? I'm not the same person I was. I'm stronger than I was. Everything that I went through, ended, I couldn't see it then, but everything I went through was for my good. Does everybody understand that? So the season that you're in is essential, if you'll let it be, to your personal growth. Now, to help you better understand, I want to talk today about uh, five facts concerning seasons. And when we get through that, I want to talk about four questions that it doesn't matter what season you're in, you need to be asking yourself. So five facts and then four questions. Are we ready? Here we go. Here's fact number one. Here we go. Seasons are beyond my control. Now, if you're going through a difficult season, you understand that immediately. You can't control when seasons begin. You can't control how long they last. You can't even control where they take place. Most seasons begin with some type of event that completely messes up your plans. How many of you have ever become parents? <laughs> yeah, there we go. That sounds bad, but you can go ahead and admit, when you became a parent, you did not know what you were in for. 
I remember when I became a dad, everything shifted. Things that I didn't think would shift. Time shifted. I didn't have the time that I thought I might would have. Um, finances, amen, they shift when you have kids. How many of you are still buying diapers? If it's not just for diapers, you begin to understand very quickly how expensive things can get. Um, emotions, your, your social life, everything begins to shift. How many of you are in the middle of school, whether it be college or whether it be high school even? It's, it's difficult, right? You couldn't control any of that. When you graduate, things begin to change. All of a sudden, now those student loans begin. It's a whole new season of life, isn't it? You can't necessarily control that. Uh, maybe you're going into retirement. And while that's a good goal, it has its challenges. And we're all getting older one day at a time. We can't help that. So seasons of our lives, they're beyond our control. Even if you're going through a difficult season today, maybe you're facing the death of a loved one or some type of sickness that you can't control, we would never choose that. The seasons are beyond our control. So who, who controls the seasons of our lives? Well, Daniel chapter 2, verse 21 says it very plainly. It says that God changes the times and the seasons. He sets up kings and disposes them. God is ultimately sovereign. And if you're going through a difficult time or even a good time, it is good to know that there is a God who loves you and is sovereign over the season that you're in. He is in control. And it may not always feel like he's in control. It may not always look like he's in control, but he is. He is in control of the season that you're in. Number two, seasons are often confusing. Seasons are often confusing. Now, we know the saying that God has a plan, right? But that doesn't always suffice our questions, does it, as human beings? We're still human. We still have a flesh nature about us. And when we hear people say God has a plan, sometimes we have questions that are, are similar to this. God, why am I going through this? Am I, am I, is everybody tracking with me? Am I hitting anybody today with this? Why am I going through this? Maybe, maybe you're asking the question, why would God allow this? Why would he allow the, the pain that I'm feeling right now? Maybe, and we've all asked this question, how much longer, right? How much longer am I going to be in the season that I'm in? God, if you'll just answer these questions, I'm telling you, Lord, you know, it'll be so much easier if you would just answer some of these for me. And we hear, you know, God has a plan, and we, we know that. We know that God is ultimately in control of the season, but the fact is, we don't know the answer to those questions all the time. And God has a plan that's saying, even though it's true, or let's just kind of relate to our human self for a minute, it's hard to be happy about his plan when you're facing the death of someone you love. It's hard to be happy about God's plan when you've lost your job and you're struggling and your finances are tanking and you don't know, you know where the next meal's coming from or how your needs are going to be met. It's hard to be happy when your child is hurting. Or maybe your marriage is on the verge of collapse. Or maybe you've just found out about the sickness of a loved one or yourself and you don't know what the outcome is. How are we supposed to be happy when our lives are turned upside down? And those are questions that we all ask, right? So where's the difference in being a God-following, God-honoring Christian and finding that happiness that I have deep inside knowing that he's in control? Because sometimes happiness and living for God, they don't seem to mesh, do they? Can I just be real with you? I remember when uh, we had Mia, which is our second child. I have four, and Mia was born with a heart defect. Now, we knew about the heart defect before she was born. And she, uh, when she was born, we knew that her heart would have to work for itself. And they knew they were going to have to do heart surgery on her eventually. 
um, but they didn't know when. The, the goal was three months. Then our heart would be a little bit bigger, it would be a little more operable, and it would be a better chance of survival. Well, six weeks, she had to have the surgery because she went into heart failure. So we have a six-week-old little baby whose heart was no bigger than the end of my pinky, and they had to go in and repair four chambers. She had a single-digit percent chance of living. We didn't know what we were going to do. And I remember that specific time, I was in my early 20s. Um, I was in ministry full-time. I, I was in school. Um, at that particular time, my oldest son was about three. He was being shipped from, from grandparent to aunt. You know, uh, Mia was in the hospital at Duke. Katie was there with her pretty much all the time. I was running around trying to do work, trying to get my schoolwork done. I think I was writing final exams at that point. It was at the end of a semester. And how many of you know you go on your willpower, but eventually your willpower goes away? Eventually you run out of gas when it comes to willpower, and there's, there's got to be something there to hold you up. And I remember getting to that place. And as a, as a man, I think very objectively, and as a man, I want to hold my family together and, and guys, you can understand that. You want to, you got to have order. You want your protector. You want to have everybody at home, you know, so you can protect them. And my, my, my three-year-old little boy was here, there, and everywhere, safe. But in my heart and my mind, I wanted him with me. He wasn't. He was here, there, and everywhere. My little girl was hanging on to her life, didn't know if she would live or die. And I still had to do final exams and work. And I remember getting to that place where I ran out of gas. And I asked God, I said, God, who's in control of my life? Who is it? Because I feel like it's just chaos right now. Who's in control of all this? And as, as I was asking the questions, just as fast as I asked them, the Holy Spirit began to talk back to me. I'll never forget. It wasn't long theological answers. And I said, who's in control? And he said, I am. And I said, so you mean all this that's happening in my life right now is you? He said, yes. And I began to understand right then. You know what? Sometimes when God allows things in your life, it doesn't always feel good. And it's confusing, and you don't know why you're going through it. But I began to understand something right then, that if God was bringing this into my life, and I knew it was him, I don't care. Satan can play with the circumstances. He can do all kinds of things to try to get your attention. But ultimately, if you've given your life to God and said, God, my life is given in your hands, then anything Satan can even do in you, God has to allow it. You remember the story of Job? I think all of us have probably at least heard of him, even him. Satan worked in his circumstances, but God allowed it. And sometimes it can be so confusing as we say, God, why? 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 But as long as I understood that God was in control of my life, he was the one bringing it, then I could cope. And I began to have to deal with the fact that, you know what, my little girl might not live. I didn't know. I didn't know. Those were real facts that we had to deal with. But I began to understand that even if we had to lose her, and that would have been a horrible Horrible set of circumstances, a horrible season. And I don't wish that on me or anybody else. But I think that's where my faith met the rubber met the road. Was I actually going to believe God and trust him or was I not? And I began to trust him no matter how confusing it was. And I began to understand something very critical in the, one of the hardest seasons of my life. And the happiness isn't the goal because my happiness can go up and down, left and right, depending on my circumstances. But peace that understanding that even though it was confusing for me, peace, knowing that God was in control, that was attainable. Hurt, pain, no matter what, there was a peace down deep knowing that God was in control. And I'm telling you, no matter what season you're in right now, no matter how confusing it is, you can know and have peace knowing that God's ultimately in control of your life. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He says this, 
If you're in the middle of a season and you're wanting to know when, how long, and it's confusing, listen, he says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. In its time. He's also said eternity in the human heart, but yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. In its time, God is going to make your life something that you could not even imagine. Beautiful. And it's going to happen in this time. And as confusing and as painful as maybe the season you're in is, and sometimes seasons are, the next fact is still true, and that's this. Number three, God wants to bring good out of every season. He wants to bring good out of the season you're in right now. And, you know, it's not always easy to grasp that, especially in lonely seasons, especially difficult ones where we have more questions than we do answers. But Romans chapter 828, this is what the Bible says. It says that we know that all things happen to us. That we know that all things that happen, it's working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plan. Say if. That means we have a part. That means that no matter what happens in our life, God is working for our good if we step up and we're fitting into God's plans. We trust him and we say, I'm, I'm releasing this to you and I'm choosing to have faith. That doesn't mean that you always feel good. It doesn't mean that it's comfortable. It just means that when the rubber meets the road in the bottom of your heart, you're saying, I trust you. I trust you with this. You may have to say it every day. You may have to say it every hour sometimes, but I trust you. I trust you, God. His whole plan for you, even if it involves pain sometimes or good or, or joy or, or misery, it's wrapped up with one end, and that's your good. The Bible says it, and God doesn't lie. He is working for your good, and we have to do our part. I told my boys, and I still mean this, by the way. I said, if you guys do good in school and you stay out of trouble, then when the time comes, I'll pay for half of your first vehicle. Sounds like a good deal, right? And they immediately began to get excited and started looking at Camaros. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, just, just wait, just wait. Like it's a $30,000 car. And I'm thinking, God, please don't let them raise $15,000 and me have to come up with that. But they begin to, to work a little bit and kind of uh, one of them worked on a farm this past summer. And they begin to realize the value of a dollar. Now they're looking at Corollas. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you know. But... No matter what happens while they work, whether they're pulling weeds and working hard or mowing the grass or whatever they're doing, and it's, it's difficult and they want to quit, they have the end goal in mind, and that is dad is going to come through with what he said. And it, it's difficult sometimes. It's hot. I remember picking him up from, uh, from working on the farm some days, and he said, I don't want to go back tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I get it. I understand. You don't, you don't always want to keep going. But the fact is, is God promises that if we are fitting into his plans, if we trust him, if we persevere, then he is going to come through and you will see in time that this is for your good. Because he not, he not only sees the hurt in you, he not only sees the pain in you right now, he sees the joy he wants to bring. He sees it. He's got it in his hands. And he can't wait when the timing is right to just pour it into your life. Don't give up. He wants to bring good out of every season. Number four, Seasons never last forever. They don't. It may feel like it. You may think you've been in a season longer than you ever wanted to be in. But the fact is, is that this season of your life won't last forever. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Listen, it says, everything on earth has its special season. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pull up plants. How many of you get those confused sometimes? Yeah, don't ever bring plants to my house because that's where they go to die. 
I do not have a green thumb. If it rains, they get watered. If they don't, I forget. So God says there's a time to pull them up, and that's typically where I come in. You plant them, I'll pull them up. How about that? It says there's a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to throw away and a time to gather. How many hoarders do we have in the room? No one's raising their hand, but there's some spouses in here that are nudging. I can see it. There's a time to throw it away, and there's a time to gather. There's a time to hug and a time not to hug. There's a time to look for something and a time to stop looking for it. There's a time to keep things and time to throw things away. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. He talks about all these different things under the sun. There's a time to do and a time to do the opposite. And the point is this. Life is a series of contrasting seasons. But God uses every single one of them. He uses the good times and he uses the bad times. And you may think, you know, the, the good times is God and the bad times is the devil. And if, if I'm feeling really good, then God is in my life. If I'm going through something difficult, then Satan is punishing me because I did something wrong. And that's just not the case. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've said, God, take my life and use it for your glory and I trust you, then you can bet that it doesn't matter if it feels good or if it feels bad. Whatever season you're in, whether the good or the bad, God is using it. He's using it for you're good. If you have all sunshine in your life and no rain, that's a desert. But he uses both, all these contrasting seasons for your good. If you're following God's plan for your life, then you're going to experience both. You're going to experience what feels really good, and you're going to experience sometimes what feels really bad. But he has good, and he has the overall picture of your life in mind as you, as you go through these seasons of life. Seasons come and go. They don't last forever. Fact number five is this. The seeds that I plant in my current season determine the harvest in another. This one's big. The, what you do right now, the seeds you plant right now, determine what kind of harvest you're going to have in seasons to come. Now, it's easy to give up whenever you're feeling bad. It's easy to do that. It's easy to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just not going to go forward anymore. I'm just going to sit here and wait this thing out. But the fact is God has things he wants you to do. He's got things he wants you to grow in. He has, he has worship he wants you to give him. He has people he wants you to serve, even in the middle of your difficult season. And what you do now determines the harvest that you're going you're gonna to reap later. Sometimes we, we commit ourselves to be better spouses. How many of you have ever done that? You know, I, I want to be a better spouse. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better student, or I want, to be, I want to be better for somebody else. And it doesn't take long before you're ready to quit because the other person hasn't changed a bit, right? And we, we say, you know what? Well, I'm just going to give up. Well, the fact is, is that you don't reap the harvest in the current season that you're in. You reap it later. So keep going. Have you ever seen a farmer plant on Saturday and come on Monday and nothing's sprung up and just say, you know what? I'm digging the seeds up. This isn't worth it. It's taken way too long. Or even two weeks later, man, I don't see anything coming up. I'm, I'm giving up. He knows that the harvest season is a completely different season than the one he's planting in. And what I'm telling you is, is when you are sowing seeds of goodness, when you are sowing seeds of praise and generosity in your life, even in the middle of a difficult time, you are sowing seeds that will reap a harvest later. I love this. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Paul's talking to the church here. He says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Here's why. In due season, we will reap if we don't give up. Hold on. Keep sowing because there is coming a time when God is going to pour all of that harvest back into your life. You may not even see it coming, but the fact is, is that when you sow good seeds, it is going to produce a harvest for you later on. 
It will. That's his word. So I want to, that's, that's the, the five facts. I want to talk about four questions with the time we have left, four questions that it doesn't matter what season you're in that we need to be asking ourselves. Okay? Here we go. Here's number one. What is God trying to teach me in this season? What is God trying to teach me in this season? This is a hard one. Um, and the reason is because when we're, when we're going through a difficult season, we're wired to avoid pain. We don't care what someone's trying to teach us. We just want to get out. That's a very easy approach to take. We, we're, we're wired to avoid pain. If I feel you know, a headache in my life or a heartache in my life or if I feel loneliness in my life or if I feel lack in my life, lack of resources or whatever, or if I feel rejection in my life, we are wired to fix it now. We are. I, I feel rejection in my life and loneliness in my life. So what do we do? We go to match.com immediately. Or maybe if a real churchy, we go to christianmingle.com. You know what I'm saying? I'm not suggesting any of this. I'm telling you, that's, we want to meet somebody. We're lonely. We want to fill the void. If we have heartache in our life, we want to pour all these things into our life that will fix the heartache. We don't want to sit there long enough, God forbid, to go through anything that we can actually learn something from. It's hard. It's difficult because to sit there in your, in your season of hurt means you have to sit there in pain. And you have to sit there and, and trust God and trust his timing. But the fact is we can ask God, Lord, what is it you're trying to teach me in this season? And I'm not suggesting that when you, when you do this that it's always going to be painful and it's never going to have any joy. We're going to talk about some of the other questions. But what I am telling you is be willing to go through a little bit of pain so that you can learn what God wants to show you to make you better for the next season of life. Somebody needs to say amen on that. Be willing. God can do more with a willing heart than he ever can a gifted one, okay? Be willing to go through a little bit of pain so that you can learn what God wants to show you. Be pliable so that when you get to the next season of life, you're a better person. You're set up. You're, you're, will, you're getting ready to bring in a harvest that you wouldn't have otherwise. But in our human self, we'd rather be like, get me out of here now. I'd rather go through you know, something that's a whole lot better and do it myself, even though it's going to bring destruction in the end, than, than I would just sit here in, in, in pain for a little bit to learn something. Have you ever heard, you know, doing something the same way and expecting different results is the definition of insanity? But we just don't seem to learn, do we? Sometimes we will just go through that thing and we'll do it the exact same way and, and we end up right back in the same place. And some things look good for a while, but then eventually we always end up back in square one, asking the same questions, doing the same stuff, feeling the same pain sometimes. And so what does God do? He brings us through it again. Because he wants to show us. And what do we do? If we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll do the same thing we did the first time. But the fact is, is, we can ask God, what are you trying to show me in this season? And actually get quiet. Get quiet. Get by yourself. Shut out the noise. Shut out the pain for a minute. Cry out to him and say, God, what are you trying to show me? I want to I tell you this. One thing that I've learned in my life, whenever you're going through the most pain in the world, and I'm, I know I'm not naive enough to think that a room this size, some people aren't in some deep pain in here. All kind of degrees, if you will, but we're all in pain. God doesn't mind if you hurt in front of him. He can handle it. And I remember going through one of the most difficult times I ever went through. I, I could have gone all these other directions and tried to fix it for myself and all the different avenues, and you can fill in your blank of what that is for you. 
But I told God, and this is what saved me. I, I resolved to myself and to him, God, I am getting ready to bring to you the pain that's in my heart. It was a very, very painful season for me. And I said, I'm, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be with hands raised saying, hallelujah, I praise you, God. It's going to be the most disgusting hurt that's inside of me. But I don't know where else to go with it. And if you're as big as you say you are, then I trust you to be able to sort it out. And he did. And I, I, that's one of the biggest things I realized in the most difficult season of my life is God doesn't mind if you hurt in front of him. So if you're going to hurt, don't hurt in front of people that aren't going to give you the wisdom that you need to get through it. Don't hurt in front of people that are going to medicate you in some type of way to keep you always coming back to square one. Hurt in front of God. He's the, he's the only one that's going to give you the wisdom to get through. And that's the only place that you're going to find yourself in a position where God is actually showing you and teaching you. And he's, he knows you. He knows your heart. He made you. He knows the pace that you need to go. And he'll, he'll work with you. I can promise you that. Hurt in front of him. And that's the only place that you're going you're gonna to understand, God, what are you trying to show me? And I know I've been talking about hurtful seasons because that's typically where we need the most help. Sometimes when we're going through the seasons where we're just joyful, that's when we can completely abandon God and not even realize it. When we fall on our backs, that's when we need him. That's when we look up and beg him. We say all kind of prayers, and we, we kind of turn to him sometimes. But when we're going through a really good season, you need to be careful. God, what do you want to show me in this season? How do you want me to spread the joy? Who do you want, who do you want to put in my life? So in any season you're in, ask yourself, firstly, what is God trying to teach me in this season? Okay? Secondly, what can I enjoy in this season? What can I enjoy in this season? See, some people are always asking, uh, you know, I, or, or saying, I can't enjoy anything. I'll be able to enjoy life when X, Y, Z happens, right? When you fill in the blank, I get this bill paid off. It's just ginormous in my life. Or when this hurt is over in my life, then I'll be able to enjoy. Or maybe you're saying this, you know what? I can't enjoy anything right now, but when these kids get older, Man, party time. I'm going to be able to enjoy life. And so we think sometimes in our human selves that we just can't enjoy things in our lives. Um, but the fact is, is the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 11.8. It says people ought to enjoy every day. Every day. Every season. <laughs> That's every day. This includes even the difficult seasons that you're in. You can find things to enjoy. Uh, the church I was at before um, here there was a man by the name of Uncle Bud, and I love Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud, is he's not my real uncle, but everybody called him Uncle Bud. So when I got there, I did too. And this guy is 73 years old, and he is still kicking it. And every time I ask him how he's doing, he gives the same answer. He says, I am doing fine, young man. And I say, that's awesome. And so I ask him the next time, and he might be aching a little bit and kind of hobbling. And I say, Uncle Bud, how you doing today? I am doing wonderful. And I'm like, how is this guy doing wonderful every single time I see him? And he's 73 years old, and I see people that are half his age, and all they have to do is complain. But Uncle Bud's still going. <clears throat> he's not faking it. He's not putting on a front. He has truly found a way to enjoy life no matter what season he's in. And his answers are always so predictable because of it. I remember one time I was riding in the truck with my brother, and I had Uncle Bud on the phone. And before he picked up, I told my brother, I said, listen, when I say, how are you doing? He's going to say, I'm doing wonderful. I am doing wonderful, young. And we just started laughing. And I said, this guy's got it going on. When I get that, that age, and even now, I, I want to be able to say, I am doing fine. I am doing wonderful. Why? Because you can enjoy things no matter what season you're in. You can enjoy your life. James chapter 4, verse 4. 
we begin to under we we begin to get the clue here. He says, "You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What's your life?" He says, "You're you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So if you're waiting for some time in the future to enjoy life, you may not be around that long." He's you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Find things to enjoy. Now, the seasons of life, they come and go. Ultimately, our destination is not here. It's eternity. So why put all your stock in something that's going to happen later in your life? Begin to enjoy today. There are little things in life that you can enjoy today, but let me just clue you in here. You're not going to find it by worrying, and you're not going to find it by completely just always being disgusted with the situation in your life and focusing on that. You know when you're going to find joy is when you get quiet enough and you, this is, listen, it's always tied to thankfulness in your life. The joy that, that you're going to have in the things in this life is always going to be tied to being thankful. And if you can't get quiet enough and if, if we can't begin to understand the small things and begin to be thankful for them, then we're never going to find the joy that, that we're supposed to have. We're never going to find the joy at 73 that Uncle Bud has. You got to start getting thankful for the small stuff. Have you ever sat in your kitchen and just looked across at dinner table and said, you know what? I'm thankful for this. I don't care if it's beans and franks. I'm thankful. I got something to put in my stomach. And for a lot of us, you have better than beans and franks. Nothing wrong with beans and franks. For a lot of us, you know, we'll sit in our chair in the living room and look at, look at our floor, look at our carpet, look at the walls and say, you know what? I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for, how many of you have ever thanked God for the air conditioner? I mean, just saying. Because if it goes out one time, you will be thankful when it kicks back on. Try to be thankful whenever, you know, you, it hadn't kicked off in a while. And you've, you've got it. And you're, that's one of the things at nighttime. We're like, God, I'm thankful for the, for the air conditioner that we get to have. Parents, man, you need to thank God that your kids have a bed to sleep in. They're not sleeping on the street and the floor somewhere. If you could get a clue what some of the people overseas are doing, the joy in your life that you'll find, even in the difficult seasons, is always tied to being thankful for things in your life. Stop waiting for God to just dump you over, pour over joy. Start being thankful. I can promise you, you will begin to enjoy the season that you're in because you'll begin to understand that God is for me. He's provided a lot of my needs. And there's joy. There's things that I can enjoy. Number three question third question is, what is the most important thing in this season? What is the most important thing I can be doing? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16 says this, act like people with good sense and not like fools. That's like something your mom or dad would say to you, right? He says, act like people with good sense and not like fools. He's saying, understand that these are evil times you're living in, so make every minute count. Make every minute count. And we begin to ask God, what, what's the most important thing I can be doing right now? There's a lot of things, a lot of stuff, a lot of energy, a lot of energy I could pour into things and, and situations, circumstances. But what's the most important thing? And if, if this verse says anything, it says this. It says that life is time and what I do with it matters. So let me ask the question one more time. What is the most important thing I can be doing in this season? And when you begin to ask yourself that, don't ask yourself what's the easiest thing. Don't ask yourself, you know, what's, what's the thing that's going to advance my career the most? Not necessarily. Or not necessarily what's the thing that's going to make me the most money and increase my bank account. But the question is, what is the most important thing that you can be doing with your time based on God's purpose for your life? That's the question I'm asking you. That's the question that you need to ask yourself and invite God into the conversation. Because when you begin to ask that, you begin to understand that I can't answer that question unless I know what God's will is for my life. 
And once you begin to understand what God wants from you and what his plan is for you, only then can you truly begin to answer the question, what is the most important thing I can be doing right now? How many of you just love wasting time? Man, nobody would say that. I mean, don't you just love to get into things and put your energy and your heart and soul into stuff that's going to get you nowhere? <laughs> yeah. How many of you just love to wait in long lines only to get to the end and it just nothing matters on the other end of that thing? I, I stayed in, on, a, on a phone call one time on hold trying to get customer service at some company for an hour and a half. And it told me, you're, in the, you're 52 in the queue all the way down to you're next in line. And then it hung up on me. <laughs> I mean, you talk about frustrating. Nobody wants to waste time. So I think this question is very important to us. What is the most important thing that I can be doing right now? Here's the interesting thing. God has that answer for you. He does. And the, when we begin to talk to God and say, what is your will for my life? Then we take that question and we filter it through his plans for you. Filter it through his plans for us. For me, I know that God's purpose for my life right now is being a father to my kids in pastoring this church. That's the two most important relationships that I have in my life right now. And I can't wait to meet more of you. I've met a lot of you. I'm still, some of you, I'm still asking, hey, how are you doing? Have we met before? You know, but I can't wait to continue growing with you and continue leading and pastoring and talking to you and, and growing with you. And, and obviously being a father to my kids. That's the two most important things in my life right now. And I, I've had, over the course of several years, lots of different job offers and lots of different, you know, initiatives come into my uh, realm of, uh, or into my scope and where I could, I could go there and do that. But just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do something. And just because you are able to do something doesn't mean that you should. What is the most important thing that you can be doing in this season that you're in? And let me just say, once you know what it is, stick with it. Because emotions are going to come and go. You're going to have things come up, and they're going to get your emotions going. And I'm telling you, do not let emotions deter you from what God is calling you to do. I don't care if it seems really good. I don't care if it's the one of the, you feel like it's the best. A, a great value that I've learned in my life, a great um, exercise, is if I'm emotional about something, I do nothing. I wait. I go to bed, wake up, am I still feeling this way? I'll, I'll you know, put, hit the save as button before I send the email. You know, that's one of the most unused buttons when it comes to our life is the save as button. I think some of us need to just say, I'm emotional right now, save as. You know how many emails I've deleted <laughs> because I came back level-headed and said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to send this right now? But see, emotions will deter you. It will ter deter you from doing the most important thing. Because it's emotions-based. But emotions come and go. You can have an emotion about a bad pizza. You can. Matter of fact, there's, a, <laughs> there's sort of a suedo heated discussion right now on our core team about whether Papa Murphy's pizza is good or not. And it gets heated. And I'm not talking about the pizza because evidently there is not a heater in that place. <laughs> and if you know what I'm talking about, they give it to you raw and you take it home and cook it. I think I heard somebody say amen. I don't know why. But the fact is is that we can get emotional about lots of things. Why would we take those emotional-based decisions and kind of filter them through the most important thing in our lives? God has an answer. What is the most important thing I need to be doing? We need to ask ourselves that question and not let emotions deter us from what the most important thing is. So ask yourself today, what is the most important thing I can be doing? Fourth thing, fourth question, how can I serve somebody in this season? 
How can I serve somebody? Now, this is a difficult question to ask sometimes because when the season that you're in is busy or it's hard or it's difficult and you've got work and you've got kids and you've got all these outings, et cetera, et cetera, when the season is the most hurtful in your life, we're constantly looking for people who can serve us, aren't we? That's just what we need help. We need emotional help. We need psychological help, some of us. Don't raise your hand, but yes, sometimes we do. Sometimes we, we need such someone to come alongside of us. And some, th- there's nothing wrong with that because there's somebody else that's, that's, that, that may be their goal in life is to f- ask this question. Maybe God's going to have them come alongside of you. But even still, there is somebody that God wants you to serve in the season that you're in. And if we're constantly looking for who can serve me, who can serve me, who can serve me, then we're going to miss who God wants us to serve. Listen, God has created you to do good works. And it's not because you're so awesome, and it's not because you're so good, even though you are awesome and you are good. The fact is, God created these things for you to do, the Bible says, before he even made you. You're predestined to do good things. That's why it says, so none of us can boast about it, because God wants us to do He made good works for us to do. But Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you're never going to get anything done. So don't sit around and wait, well, when this gets here, then I'll help somebody. Or when my life gets to this point, then I'll be able to serve somebody else. You've got to stop and ask yourself the question, am I doing what I was made to do? And that's serve people. Or am I spending all my time, all my efforts, all my energies kind of self-absorbed? Who can serve me? Can, that, can we just be honest? That's an honest question, isn't it? Because if we're honest with ourselves, we have to fight the human self in us and, and kind of get over ourselves to be able to serve other people. I don't even think naturally we want to serve other people. Matter of fact, I know we're not. We're born selfish. How many of you have ever seen a baby be born and be like, you know what, when you get a chance, I need my diaper changed? Or you know what, not, just whenever you're ready, I know you're busy right now, but I'm hungry, so whenever you can, no pressure, but whenever you get around to it, I'd love to have a bottle. No, what do they do? They scream their heads off until you get in there and do it. They don't care what you're doing. They don't care how long you, you know, you've been uh, without food or without a shower. Can somebody say amen, moms? Yeah, yeah it's hard. You, sometimes you go all day and you're still wearing the same thing you got up on, and all you have is spit up to show for it all over your shirt. They don't care. We are born with a selfish nature about us. And so we have to ask ourselves the question in the hard times in life and the different seasons we go through, we have to ask ourselves and be honest and let God help us. God, how can I serve somebody else in the season that I'm in? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 says, When you are able, do good to people that need help. Do good to people that need help. How many of you have said, you know, one of these days I'll plan a date night? Or one of these days I'll invite somebody to church? One of these days I'm going to take that person out to lunch? I have an old friend of mine who told me he was going to take me out to lunch. Uh, he said he was going to pay for it and it was going to be good. And that was four years ago. He is, I'm sure his intentions were good, but he has just not followed through. Um, but maybe he's saying the same thing. One of these days I'll, I'll get to it. But how can I serve somebody in the season that I'm in? What do you know that could help somebody? What, what do you know that would help you grow in the season and involve somebody else in serving? What is the right thing to do? I'm, I'm telling you today, don't put it off. Because in this season, God has somebody that he wants you to serve. He has somebody that he wants, he wants you to pour into them. Because I'm going to tell you, as, as you ask yourself these questions and as you begin to understand the facts of the seasons of life and you begin to put your trust completely in him, he's going to grow you. Did you know that? 
It may hurt. You may not know you're growing while you're doing it. But time goes by and you look back and say, man, I am not where I was. I'm different. And if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't be where I am. And when you begin to to be honest with yourself and when you begin to show God you're being faithful to him, he will be faithful to you. And you're going to grow. And what's going to happen is he's going to put people in your life who are currently at where you were. And there is nothing better than going through a very difficult time and coming out on the other side and turning around and seeing somebody that's in the same pain you were in or the same situation you were in. And now you're able not to just just say, I don't know what to do, man. I'm kind of hurting with you. Let's just go complain together. But you're able to say, you know what? God is sovereign over this. And he helped me. He showed me how. There, There are things that people are going through right now that nobody has a clue the details, the intricate details from day to day but you have them because you've been through it. How can I serve somebody during this season? God, he, he, he wants you to serve somebody. And I can promise you it's the most fulfilling thing that you'll ever do. Besides come through the season yourself and get to the other side and watch how faithful God was, but to turn around and now pour into somebody else and show them what God showed you. That's the most fulfilling thing that will ever happen in your life. So what season are you in? What season are you in? You need to ask yourself the questions. What is God trying to teach me? What, what is God trying to teach me? What can I enjoy in this season? And be honest with yourself. Let it be tied to gratitude in your life. We need to ask ourselves the question, what is the most important thing that I can do right now? What is the most important thing that I can do in this season that I'm in? And don't, don't, don't deter yourself from it. Don't let emotions get in the way. And fourthly, how can I serve somebody in the season that I'm in? Maybe you're in a season right now where you're, you're seeking God. And maybe you've never completely just surrendered your life to him and said, God, I just I want you to have my life. I don't want to do this by myself anymore. And maybe you're here today and you haven't made that decision and that's cool. But you're like, you know what, how can I, how, how can I, how can I do this? You're just kind of seeking it out. And maybe today, as I've been talking, maybe you've been feeling something besides the words hitting your ears, but you felt something deep in your heart. And you felt that nudging, and that nudging is pulling you, and you can feel it, and it's real. You can't, maybe can't put words to it, but you can definitely feel it. I want to tell you right now, that's God speaking to you. He's saying, I see your pain. He's saying, I, I see the season you're in, and I desperately want to walk with you through it. And for the rest of your life, will you trust me? That's God. That's what he's saying. And I just want to encourage you right now and and hear me when I say that God loves you. No matter what season you're in, whether you've been a Christian for a long time, just started, or whether you're still seeking it, still trying to figure it out, God loves you. He cares about you. He wants to work in your life, and he knows right where you're at. And I wonder if that's the season you're in. I wonder if you would follow that, that deep nudging, that deep conviction that you feel inside of you that he's doing in your heart and let him lead can we pray together I'm going to say a prayer and then I'm going to let you go Lord thank you for the seasons that we go through God I I just I thank you for your word I thank you that um, I thank you that you don't look at us and and pity us or look at us and, and think how ridiculous we are sometimes because sometimes we do some ridiculous things because we're hurting or whether we're just lost or but God you look at us in love and you long to help us and I just thank you for that I thank you for for clarity Holy Spirit that you've been able to give us today 
I pray for every single person in this room that's going through whatever season that they're in, for the ones that's going through the great seasons, the one where they're just on that mountaintop and they're, they're so joyful at life. Thank you for that mountaintop. Thank you for the times in life where we can say, you know what, it just can't get any better. That season comes from you, and we're grateful for that season. Lord, for, for those that are, are in that valley, they're just hurting, and they don't know, can't tell left or right sometimes, and there seems to be more questions than there are answers. God, I, I just pray right now for those followers of Christ who have given their lives to you, that they would understand that you're the author of the season that's on the mountaintop, and you're the author of the season that's in the valley. And on both, no matter if they're up high or down low, you are in control, you are sovereign over all, and that you are the one that's brought this season into their life, that you're working it all together for their good. Help them to hold, hold fast, hold on, keep sowing good seeds. Thank you for that, Holy Spirit. God, for those who have, have not ever given their lives to you, but they're, they're here today and you're, 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 you're seeking them out, you're, you're kind of pulling at their heart. And if that's you in this room today, I'm, I'm just going to say a prayer to him. And I just, God hears your heart right now. He hears it. You don't have to say a word. He hears your heart. And I wonder if your heart would just agree with the words I'm saying, and God will hear you. He doesn't make this complicated. God, I can't live without you. I can't do this without you. I need you. And maybe I've run from you for a while, and I'm not perfect. But I believe that you came and died for me to be the sacrifice for me. So you were perfect in my place. And I, I accept that. I believe that you really came to this earth, that you really died, and that you, a sinless death, you, you were perfect. But you died for me because I was imperfect. And that you really raised from the, from the grave. And that you're in heaven. I believe that. And I want you to lead my life. I want you, I want you to, to take the reins here. Be faithful to me. I want to try to be faithful to you. I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. But every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to say, Lord, have my heart. Use it for your, for your own purposes and help me to be the very best that I can be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Can we say amen together?